Joshua chapter number 6 this morning, if you'll turn to Joshua chapter number 6, and we look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us uh, in His Word this morning, Joshua chapter number 6, and I'm going to read the first uh, five verses, and then I'll read verse number 16 as well for our text this morning in Joshua chapter number 6, and we look forward to what God has for us uh, all day long, the evening service tonight. Uh, but certainly at this time right now. Uh, I remind you where we are in the Bible. Of course, in Sunday school, we have been going through the book of Deuteronomy and how God has promised a land to His people. And Moses is going to lead the people to the promised land. Uh, Joshua is going to take the people into the promised land. And if you think back to uh, lessons some time ago where uh, the people begin to go into the land. God tells them, uh, don't worry about the, the enemy. Don't worry about uh, the armies that are there. I've given you this land, and so you just have to keep moving forward. And as you move forward, I will take care of uh, the enemy. We come to chapter number 6 in the book of Joshua, and we come to the city of Jericho as God's people begin to occupy the land, take the land that God has promised them. Look with me at verse number 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and, seventh, and, the, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now look with me, verse number 16. And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. God fulfills His promises. We don't always see how God is going to. We don't always see that unseen hand that does the work, but God always fulfills His promises. Here we have a, a great victory that God's people experienced. Here is a great miracle in that victory that God has preserved for you and I to read of today. And I want to use this passage of Scripture this morning to remind you and to remind me, not just that God keeps His promises, but there is not a city that cannot be conquered. Uh, when God grants something, it is in His power to do it. It is something that it is inevitable that it is done because God has the power to grant it. But in your life, uh, you may be facing something today and you wonder if it can be conquered. I've got news for you. It can be conquered. Uh, you, you may be dealing with some sort of issue in your life today. Say, I wonder if it can be conquered. It can be conquered. Maybe you have a burden this morning that you wonder if it can be overcome. I'm here to tell you this morning, it can be overcome. No matter what obstacle the Christian faces, God can help us overcome. And so this morning, I want to preach on this subject, conquering 
the city, conquering the city. Father, I pray this morning, and as we look into your word, may it be real to us. May the Spirit of God work in our hearts, convey these truths. And Father, may your people be reminded this morning of your greatness. May we be reminded this morning uh, that you always fulfill your promise. And Father, may uh, we be faithful, may we be determined to finish our course, to finish our race, to lean on you. And Father, may you be with your people today. May they be strengthened. If there's one here unsaved, may they get their salvation settled today. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. city of Jericho at that time was what you would call a city that could not be conquered. It was a city that could not be defeated. Yet, we know in Scripture that it was defeated. But I want to bring into perspective, if I can, this morning, and you'll have to listen closely to me this morning as I kind of lay the foundation for the obstacles that God's people were facing. We know, because we've been studying the book of Deuteronomy in Sunday school, and what I've already mentioned this morning, that God's people are entering into this promised land, and God's leader, Joshua, would now lead them into fulfilling the promise that God has given them. It was not going to be an easy task. There were enemies that they would have to fight. There were armies that they would have to defeat. There is dependence on God that they would have to show. And as God would have it, they come upon the city of Jericho, which was a city that uh, posed great difficulty to God's people. Now, archaeologists, of course, you and I were not there, and uh, there was nobody there documenting uh, the dimensions of the city of that day. Uh, but they, archaeologists have uh, painted and, and can paint a, a, a picture of what that city must have been like. And I was amazed, and uh, earlier in the year, uh, when I was able to go to Israel, we did not get to go by Jericho, uh, but at some of the things that were preserved and some of the, the ways that walls and things were built that give you a mental image of the way that uh, these the cities must have been in this day. But a picture that is painted, that, that outside wall, was probably 12 to 15 feet high. Now, don't picture a wall like you have at your house. Don't picture a cinder block wall. Uh, this was a wall that would have been a minimum of six feet thick. And that would be the thickness of the wall, and it would be uh, 12 to 15 feet high. Now, uh, without the weapons of modern warfare and without uh, them bringing their extension ladders, this was going to be a, a, a difficult task. But that was not all. Uh, they, they believed with the, the city, the way the city set, that after that first wall, uh, there was an embankment that, that rose up from that first wall. And so you had a 12 to 15 foot wall that the armies of God were facing. And then there was a second wall, uh, really at the top of that first wall, that would also extend. This one was believed to be as tall as 20 feet. And so with the first two walls, you were looking at a four-story building, the way the city was laid out. You have that first wall, and then the, the embankment that went up in the main part of the city was at an elevated place, and there was an additional wall up there by the city. The uh, people would live, and they would do business in between on this embankment, and that's where we get 
the scripture, if you look at the scripture, and it says, and uh, they should ascend up in verse number five. Uh, this is how this, this archaeologist would tie together this. And by the way, science does not contradict the scripture. Scripture does not contradict science. Uh, it all goes together. You say, well, this study says this. Well, that study is wrong. The Bible uh, lays out the way uh, that things are and the, thing, the way things were. And so uh, the, the people of God, they come upon the city, and the Bible tells us in verse number one, it was shut up, meaning that they knew God's people were coming. They knew the armies were coming. What would they do? They'd just shut up inside the city. They would close the gates. Uh, the harvest had been done. <clears throat> the food had been gathered. There was a spring that was on the inside of that city, and so they would have all the water that they would need inside that city, and they would just simply wade out the enemy. And they were shut up in that city. Of course, God had given Joshua clear instructions on what to do in taking the city. Now, if you put into perspective... The armies of that day, the weapons that they had, the swords, the spears, the things of that nature. How in the world are they going to overcome literally walls that are three to four stories tall and six feet thick? How in the world are they going to overcome that? Well, truth of the matter is, they were not going to overcome that. They were not going to be able to do anything when it comes to those walls. But aren't you thankful that when you and I face obstacles that we cannot overcome, we have a God who has made His promises. We have a God who can overcome them. And it was very important for them to understand, to follow the instructions that God has given. We read in summary this morning the account of this story. Maybe you know it a little bit better in more detail, but in essence what God had told the people to do was you go to that city and you march around it one time on the first day. And on the second day, you do the same thing. You march around it one time on the second day. And you do this on the third day, in the fourth day, the fifth day, in the sixth day. Can you imagine what must have been going through some of the minds of God's people as they marched? Well, isn't it amazing? It's kind of ironic to me. God gives them a close-up view of the obstacle they could never overcome. He reminds them for that entire week, here's walls that, that, that you cannot overcome, but they believe that God could overcome them. Then on that seventh day, and can I just bring this into the picture too? How worried do you think those people on the inside were? I don't think they were worried at all. They had food. They had water. They were in a city that could not be conquered. On the seventh day, they had been given instructions. Those instructions were to walk around the city, march around the city, not one time, but seven times. And at the end of the seven times, the priest would blow the trumpets. And after the priest blew the trumpets, as we find in verse number 16, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. This isn't my message this morning, but I love uh, this, and I'm going to bring it out. He said, The Lord hath given you the city before the first wall ever fell. 
The Lord has given you the victory before the walls had even started falling. And friend, we need to have that much confidence in our God. Even when we can't see it, even when God is yet to even begin his work, if God has said it, it's going to happen. If God has said it, it's going to take place. And he says, shout, the Lord hath given you the city. In verse number 20, if you have your Bibles open, we'll read this verse of Scripture. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall went down flat. Now, there's, I'll use the word dispute amongst those who have studied the layout of how the city would have laid, of whether or not, and of course we don't know it, it doesn't really matter, except for uh, just to give us a picture, if the walls just crumbled underneath themselves. Uh, one that I read said, if the wall fell over flat, as the scripture says, the, peop- the wall fell down flat, so the people went up into the city. Remember, uh, the city, the main part of the city was at an elevated place that the wall itself would have given God's people something to actually climb on to ascend up to the city. But regardless, can I tell you what happened? The walls came down. The walls crumbled. And the people went up into the city. That took place. How did God's people get a victory this day? Stay with me this morning. How in the world did they experience a victory over the city that could not be conquered? Well, it's very simple. God gave the victory. God gave the victory. How did they conquer the city of Jericho? Before the city could be conquered, before the enemy could be defeated, the walls had to be dealt with. The walls had to be overcome. And isn't it applicable in our life today as a Christian? There are promises that God has given us. And friend, this morning, I want to go on record as saying, I believe God. I believe God over what I can see with my own eyes. And sometimes i got to remind myself that God sees things I don't see. His ways are above my ways, and I've got to trust God. I don't want to be a Christian who's always putting a question mark where God has put a period. I believe God. And when God says that I will do something, it is as good as done. Why? Because God has said it. Sometimes you see that promise. And there's walls in the way. Sometimes you see the city and you can't get to the city because there's great walls of doubt in the way. Because there's great walls of fear in the way. Because there's great walls of difficulty in the way. And friend, this morning, if God has promised the city... It's just a matter of time before God will remove the walls so that his promise is fulfilled. 
Let me tell you what happens many times in the life of a Christian. They have a, an obstacle in their way. They have a promise that they need fulfilled from God. They have a burden that they carry. They have something they're trying to overcome in their life. And they get to the wall of that city and they just assume that means God did not intend that promise for them. Friend, every promise in the Bible is for you and I. Every promise that God makes, He will fulfill. Sometimes Christians go up to those walls and they see the promise. They see the city. But before they can conquer that city, those walls have got to be dealt with. I would think it would be safe to assume with the number of people that were there marching around that city that day, there was at least one, at least one, who did not make, could not make any sense of why they were marching around. What in the world are we doing? Well, at least we're getting our exercise in. Why in the world are we doing this? The city's up there and we're marching around it. I imagine if those people were anything like we are today, the closer you were to those walls, the bigger they were more real they were. I wonder if any doubt crept into any minds that day. How in the world are we going to do this? How are we going to overcome? Can I make a simple yet important application this morning? Each and every one of us in our life, if not today, we can look in the past, we can look in the future. There's going to come a time we have something that we face. We see the size of the wall. We see the realness of the wall. We know, I know God said he's going to get me through it. But I can't get through it because of these walls. And they are real. And they're the obstacle between the promise of God, between my victory, between my overcoming. This is what is in between me and the promise of God. Can I say this morning, sometimes we hear... Your pastor get up and say, God can do anything for you. God will help you overcome. And what do we say? Amen. But I still see that wall. Amen, pastor. I, I agree with that. How am I going to get over this wall? I want to bring out four observations in the instructions that God gave Joshua. And what I find the people doing in this passage of Scripture that we can apply to our own life that will help us overcome so that we can receive the promise of God. We see, first of all, and you may want to make a note of this, I find obedience. Obedience. The people of God obeyed God. If you'll allow me this morning, this, this may be the most simple outline you ever take down or you ever hear me preach, but it may be the most important one you ever hear. If you and I would just get in our mind, get in our heart, that we are going to obey God. It is sad, and I wish I could say that I would be an exception to this, but I cannot say it, that 
We as Christians have times in our life when we approach the commands of God and because we don't understand them, we want a better explanation. Or we want God to justify to us why he's commanding us to just do certain things. And friend, we must just obey God. God tells Joshua, here's what I want you to do. The city is shut up. You cannot get to that city. I want you to get everyone together, and I want you to just march around that city one time every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to get up, and I want you to march around seven times. I, I, I don't know if these, the, the Jew back then, the Hebrew back then, was the way we as Baptists are now, but if they were, I can tell you what was going on on day three. Has Joshua lost his mind? We have done this before. What are we doing? You know, this vapor of a life he's always talking about, I don't want to spend my life out here marching around this city. Then day six comes. And then, would you know it, on day seven, Joshua gets everybody together and says, hey, guess what? We're not going to march around the city one time today. Thank God. Finally, he's coming. What's going to happen? He said, we're going to do it seven times. They march around that city seven times. I don't know if any of it made sense. When those trumpets sounded and the people shouted and the walls fell, at that point, I don't think those people cared how God did it, but it was just the fact that God did it. And friend, you and I just need to obey God. If we could understand the reasoning, I'll use that word this morning, behind every command of God, how little of a God would we have? If we could understand all that God allows to come into our life and we could have the power to change it, we would literally change the future and change the conquering of the city in our own life. We don't know the ways of God. What is my responsibility? It's not to judge God's commands. It's not to dispute God's commands. It's not to try and find loopholes in God's commands. It is just simply to obey God. This is true of this preacher. This is true of every Christian. Our responsibility in conquering the city is just to obey. Just to do what he says. Just to follow through. Maybe this morning you may say, Pastor, I've got a lot of fears in my life. What do I do with that? You just obey God? He's got a, every obstacle you may face in your life. There's a plan in this book. You've got to obey it. How do I overcome these circumstances? How do I overcome these failures? Obey God. Oh, I've used this illustration before and I'll use it again. Uh, Individuals will come to me and say, Pastor, I need help with this. and I need help with this. Or I have these circumstances in my life and I want to overcome this. Or I want to get things back on track and I, I, I need victory in my life. How do I get it? We open the Word of God and we say, here's, here's step A, and here's step B, and here's step C. And often it has been said to me, well, I don't understand why I need to do that. 
You don't understand. I want this fixed. Well, obeying God is how you get it fixed. And I know we're in a political season right now. And I think as as an American, you should vote. And you should vote to keep your freedoms. It's a pivotal time. I believe in all that. I believe that if you put the right people in office, it's a benefit to us so that we can do a greater work for God. But with everything that's going on in our nation, I can tell you what would help our country greater than a big red wave would be for our nation just to obey God. Just to do what God has said. And we get back to the day when Sunday was the Lord's day, not the NFL's day. We get back to a day when we just said what God said instead of what is politically correct. It is more important to be scripturally correct. Just obey. This morning, if you want that promise from God, let me tell you the first thing, you've got to get established. You've got to obey. Just do what he says. This would simplify your life too. I got to figure it all out, Pastor. What do you got to figure out? I got to figure out how to get through it. No, 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 no. What you and I have to figure out is what has God said that I need to be doing. Why is it that man has a tendency to try and figure out what God said he'd take care of? Thus, leaving undone what God has told us to do. I have a, I have a very simple phrase that I, I try and live by, and it would help us all, all this morning, certainly apply. I need to worry about what God tells me to worry about and let God worry about what he's going to worry about. I'll say it this way as well. I don't have to take care of what God says he'll take care of. I just got to take care of what God tells me to take care of. And that's obey. You're not going to straighten everybody else out in your life. You just need to obey what God has said. You're not going to be able to change what other people do. You just need to do what God said about in your life. I find the, the second word, <clears throat> after we obey, the, the word faith comes into play. I find that God's people had faith. How do I know this? Because God told them to do something, and they did it. As a Christian, don't miss this. You have to have faith that God will grant what He said He would grant. You have to have faith. I'll say it like this. You have to have the faith and believe that God's way works. You don't have to always understand it. But obedience is a measure of faith. Now, Joshua, as you know, if you study the Bible at all, Joshua was a mighty leader. He was a different leader than Moses was. Joshua was a warrior. Joshua was a battler. Joshua had bloodied his sword. Joshua had been used by God under Moses' leadership and now in his own leadership to vanquish the enemy of God. I lay all that as context because I don't think in Joshua's training as a warrior, uh, this was part of the strategy of capturing the city. I don't think in his training as a soldier, now if you ever come across a city and the walls are impenetrable and you can't get over them, you can't get around, can't get over this is what you do. On the first day, get your armies together and you march around one time. On the second day, you do it 
one time. When you get that seventh day, you march around seven times. This is training. I mean, this is the art of war. I mean, everybody knows this is what you do if you ever face it. No! This was not conventional. This was not what's ordinary. And when God said, do it, they obeyed and had a faith that God was going to grant what He said He was going to grant. God's going to fulfill that promise. God was going to give them Jericho. He could have done it many different ways. He chose to do it in this way. And those people had to have faith that God's way is going to work. You young, you young parents who have young children, you go, you, you go by God's way. You obey God in how you rear your children. You have faith that it's going to work. Every child of God, we have a commandment of stewardship. We have a commandment of, of what to do with our finances. And what do we do? We just need to obey. Well, God said he was going to bless me. The best way to get blessings is to obey. He may just do it in a different way than you think he's going to do it. But you have to have faith and believe that God's way works. Let me move quickly to number three. The word patience. Have you ever asked yourself, maybe it's just me, why God didn't do it on day one? I wonder after day one or day two, when they walked around that one time, if the leaders under Joshua got into Joshua and said, Hey, Joshua, tomorrow's day three. We understand that God has said that on the last day, we're going to go around seven times, and then he'll give us a city. Why don't we just do that tomorrow? Why don't we just skip all this other, walk around it seven times, blow the trumpets, God gives us the city. Because that's not what God said. God said you go around one time, six days, on the seventh day, you go around seven times, blow the trumpet, and He'll give you the city. Can I help us all this morning? Can I, can I, can I give us a great obstacle in the reason why Probably even in the building this morning, there are Christians living without victories that you could have. It's this word, patience. It's to let God do what God intends to do on His timing. See, you cannot have patience without faith. And patience is a product of faith. It all starts with obedience. God said it, so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. I believe God. I trust God. That's where my faith comes in. I believe it, and sometimes God says, I'm not going to give it to you on day one. You march around again on day two. I'm not going to give it to you on day two. You march around on day three because this is not a proving of God. Many times it's a proving of us. Are we willing to trust Him? Not just with the fulfillment of His promise, but get this, when He decides 
to fulfill that promise. When He chooses to bring down the walls. Christians, this morning, I'm convinced there's some, even in the building this morning, you have obeyed thus far. You have faith in God, but your patience is running thin with God. And that should sound as bad as it sounded. That my patience, I'm running out of patience with God. We all get that way from time to time, and we got to be reminded, patience, when it comes to the victory... Patience when it comes to the fulfillment of God's promise. Well, Pastor, I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did this and, and, and I got to get my life back together and, and I was in church and, and I, did, I, I, I put something in the offering this week and I, I stayed away from these things from this week and, 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 and it's all fixed now. No, you got to do it again. Next Sunday. And then... I hate to bring this up. The next one, too. Oh, you're really going to get upset at this. And the next one. And the next one. Have you looked at a calendar lately? There's a Sunday in every week. And what... Is our responsibility obey? Obey. I hope every parent in the room, you want your child to be reared the way the Bible says to rear them. I hope you want God to use them. I hope you want them to be kept clean and unspotted from this world. You have to obey that book. You have to have faith in it. But you can't stop when they turn five. You can't stop when they turn 15. You can kick them out at 18, but you're still not stopping then. You've got to be patient when we pray and we make petitions to God. I'm probably the only one like this. God puts something on my heart or there's something I need. I go and I pray to God. And when I say amen, I was like, come on. Where's it at? Now, there have been times when I've prayed, and before I've said amen, God granted it. But there are things I've been praying for a long, long time that God still hasn't granted. Did God lie? No, he didn't. He says, go around again. Go around again. The victory is there. The city will be conquered. But go around again. Christian, have you given up? Have you stopped praying that prayer? Have you gotten to a place in your life that says, well, I've been doing this so long, and, just, and God didn't grant this to me, so I guess he's just not. Oh, hold on. God, my God does not lie. His hand does not, is not shortened. He does not come up short of strength and ability. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. 
Oh, when is, when is God going <clears> to <throat> change things in this world? When is God going to change things in this nation? And, oh, God is just wanting us to go around the city again. God is wanting us to do what we're supposed to do. And in His timing, you've got to be patient. Uh, keep praying that prayer. Keep being faithful to the things of God. And that brings me to the last word, and I'm done. There's a measure of perseverance we see. And perseverance and that patience, there's a, there is a difference in meaning there. Let me lay it out this way for you. First, they had to obey. Then they had to have faith in the command that they had been given and the God who gave it. Then they had to be patient enough and not quit and not walk away until God was ready to bring the walls down. And they had to persevere long enough to see the victory. They had to see it all the way through. They had to not quit before the end. Christian, could I challenge you this morning to just obey God? That's, that, that's my prayer for the young people that we have in our church and our ministry, is that they would just obey God. Because when you obey God, God brings walls down that could never come down. God gives the city that could not be conquered. God blesses in ways that you cannot imagine by just simply obeying. Oh, the faith to believe that God can do and God will do what He said He would do. And the patience to let God do the work. I've often wondered, if you know the story, you know that the spies went in and Rahab hid the spies. And there was a promise made there that if you get all of your family into your house and and they put that scarlet thread out to signify that that is where <clears throat> her family was. And so they would be spared. I wonder if God allowed them to march around that city for seven days to give a space of grace for those on the inside. Maybe there'd be somebody that would turn from their God and turn to the true God. I, I don't know all the reasoning for why God might be do that, but I do know God's timing is perfect, and you and I must wait on Him. I wonder if it took seven days for Rahab to get everybody in her house. But God's timing is perfect, and God's people need to persevere. Don't quit before God finishes. Oh, I'd hate to be a six-day Christian. On day six, well, I'm through with this. I'm tired of this. All we do is walk around in circles, walk around. At least he could change the direction one day just to break up the monotony. I wonder if they endured any mocking from the city. Just persevere. Just persevere. Could you imagine what it must have been like I did the best I could to describe maybe what those walls were like, to watch them just come down.
You know what a feeling it was, must have been, when they went up into that city? And now they're not marching around it. but They're standing in it. Was there any doubt what God had done? No doubt what God had done. Persevere to the end. God is, I could testify all morning about the goodness and the greatness of God. If God took me home today, I could say, He gave me a blessed life. I could say, far better to me than I deserved. I could say today, if I knew this was it, I could say, listen to me. To the children, listen. To the young people, listen. Christian, listen. Let me tell you all the things that God has done. Let me tell you the victories. Let me tell you the deliverance. Let me tell you the fulfilled promises. But friend, I'm anticipating, I'm looking forward to what God does in the future as well. I don't want at 46 years of age This to be the last answer of prayer. This to be the last victory that I get to experience. The last promise that I see fulfilled. I want to continue to believe God. And friend, this morning my challenge to all of us is, is just to obey. Just to believe God. Just to have faith that He will do what He says He will do. And it's up to us to just just walk in a circle if we have to and follow the instructions of God and be patient with what God is doing and persevere into the end. Be there at the end because when God does do His work, it's an amazing thing. Many of you are further down the road in life than I am. And you can testify Oh, look what God has done. Look what God has done. You know, I'll close with this. I've closed like four times already. I'll close with this. Have you ever faced a city in your life that couldn't be conquered? The walls? How many of you believe God this morning? I've stood at the gates of Jericho's. He said, God, I know you can open those gates. You can open those gates and we can march right through those gates and conquer the city. Lord, open those gates. And with faith that he can open those gates and with anticipation of hearing the creaking as the gates come open, so he could get the glory. Only God could open those gates. Are you with me this morning? I believe you can do it. And God says, March. God, I believe you can open those gates. Open those gates, and we'll have a victory. And God says, That's not how I'm going to do it. March. And I wonder, as they were marching, every time they passed those gates, I wonder the look that was on their face. God, you could just open those gates and allow us to march through them. 
No, you'd get the glory and you'd get the honor and the fame would go out the land that God has opened the gates and God has given the city. Only you can do that, God. And God says, march. Because God wants to show His might and deliverance in a greater way. If you continue to study that passage, that chapter in the defeat of Jericho, it was that victory that spread throughout the land that the city that could not be conquered, God didn't open the gates. He brought down the walls. And for centuries, the message has been proclaimed. There's no wall too high that God can't bring down. There's no obstacle too great that God can't bring down. My last application, I promise. I wonder this morning, as we come to the conclusion, I'm not questioning your faith. I'm not questioning your obedience. I'm not questioning your perseverance. But maybe you've been at the gates saying, God, open those gates. And you're waiting on God to open those gates. But God has given us a book that says, March. God's given us a book that says, March. Maybe instead of just sitting there waiting on God to do everything, maybe we ought to march, do what we're supposed to do. God will do what only He can do. Father, I pray.